Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Spidey Dude Experience. I'm Zach Joyner, your friendly neighborhood webmaster of Spidey-Dude.com and executive producer of the Spidey Dude Radio Network. Before we get started, I want to shout out a couple of videos that recently were uploaded to the channel. We first up have our amazing Spider-Man unboxing. One six-scale Hot Toys. It's the Andrew Garfield uh, Hot Toys figure. If you have not checked out that unboxing and... and hobby discussing it uh highly encourage you to do so next up we also had some recent news about the amazing fantasy 15 action figure being re-released uh, it's going to be a target exclusive uh, if you want to hear some of my thoughts on how that's coming about check that out over on the channel and of course we got to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash spidey dude network patrons such as our sensational tier these are our five dollar and up patrons such as adam allison cindy ed georgia Greg, Janelle, Jessica, Jurgen, Catherine, Kale, Kigar, Laura Howard, Lump Moose, Master Dramon, Phoenician, Scott, Vanessa, and Vicky. Thank you for your support. And of course, our VIPs, Scott, Sebastian, Vinkman, and Winnipeg Webhead. Thank you for your support over on Patreon.com. And then, of course, we have our friendly neighbor patron patrons that are up on the screen. And uh, we really do appreciate it. If you haven't checked out our other fine audio programs over on Spidey Dude, first up, we've got Clone Saga Chronicles, the show all about the 1990s Clone Saga and the Clone Saga-related characters. Then we have Spectacular Radio, the show that ran for 26 episodes on Kids, Kids WB and Disney XD, uh, with frequent guests being Greg Wiseman. Amazing Spider-Man Classics has two seasons. Uh, season one was three guys talking about Spider-Man from the beginning. Season two is Jack and Hobby Trujillo. Uh, talking about it from the beginning. And then you have the Sabi Sima era podcast. <laughs> Me and Neil are arguing in the background. Uh, the Sabi Sima era podcast is uh, the podcast that covers Sabi Sima's, Sabi Sima's seminal run on Spectacular Spider-Man. Say that five times fast. Uh, starting from the return of the Sin Eater all the way up until shortly before the Pwn Saga. Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast, is a podcast about the Gargoyles animated series, the fandom, and everything surrounding about it, as well as the brand new comics that are available right now, written by Greg Wiseman, co-creator uh, from Dynamite Entertainment. And then the sister show of this program, Make Mine Mayday, the show all about Spider-Girl and her world. And our newest venture is the Slot Symposium. It's a Spidey Dude Radio Network comic binge collaboration between myself and Paul, where we talk about Dan Slot's run on Spider-Man from the beginning. Man, that's a lot of stuff. And of course, Books of X is the show all about the Kirkoan era of X-Men. And it's, the first three episodes are available here on YouTube. But moving forward, it will be a Patreon first show hosted by myself and Neil Bogenreiter. So that's all of our fine programs here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network. This episode, we're going to be covering two, ep two issues, issues 32 and issues 33 of Volume 6 of Amazing Spider-Man. The darkest story of them all. All right. I'm Zach Joyner, your friendly neighborhood webmaster. Hello. We've already got people in the comments saying hello, Zach and Crude from Matt. Thank you uh, for being on, Matt. And, of course, first up, speaking of Neil Bogenreiter, he is Richard Reader. Writer? Reader? Yes, writer. 
Zach, I'm gonna be honest. We had such a we had such a perfect thing going when I was taking control of the thing, and then you had to come in and start pressing. Buttons. I know, I know. But see, the audio listeners don't know that. Speaking of, if you're an audio listener, give us that five star review and leave us a we'll read a review on the future episode. And if you haven't liked and shared and subscribed to this video, please do so. We really do appreciate it. And if you're an audio listener, pay no mind. We're gonna have some possible references to visual aids and or live comments. So pay no mind. Next up, it's Adam. Hi, Adam. Hello. It at enchilada legs on the Twitters, and finally yeah. we have Josh in his new new fun background that looks straight out of hey, amazing amazing Spider Man Two closet. Um, yep, these are this is my uniform for work. Definitely one of the more fun ones, but <laughs> yeah, I mean he, he's also wearing a very sexy shirt. Also, Vinkman says you're a dick writer. Yeah, I know. That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do know that there are people that normally would be watching us because we are recording on a Thursday. I apologize. My fantasy football draft was last night, so I was. I'm. I, it's football season. Tonight's kickoff. The Kansas City okay. Chiefs are playing the Detroit Lions. <laughs> okay. You know. Anyway, so welcome to the show. Um, Thanks for being back on Winnipeg Webhead, uh, of course, and Adam. Welcome back, of course, and as well as Neil, the show that you can never escape from. Yeah. Welcome back, buddy. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to be here if he doesn't want to. <laughs> okay, he bye. doesn't want to be here. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> he just doped out of here. Of course. All right. And so, he's back. He did read these issues, to be fair. He actually read the issues. He's not just showing up to be a troll. Uh, we are going to cover two issues tonight. And I was, let me try to get my, uh, I forgot to do this before the episode, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll try to pull the issues up on my Kindle because, you know, let's see what happens. But I, I actually, I actually bought these issues. For once, I actually bought them. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I, I bought these issues. E.B. Like, damn it. It wants to send a code, and I don't have access to that phone number anymore. I should change the phone number. I have to call Amazon to change the phone number on the account. Let's do it. That's not like the present. No, no, we're This is why people tune in. This is why people tune in. I mean, well, that's exactly. We just exactly. lost. We just lost Amazon customer because service. of that. It's great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, as I say that. All right. So, um, I'm gonna do a brief. Re should I recap both issues? Do the recap of yes. both? Yes. Yeah, just okay. do both of them. All right. So let me. I'm gonna pull this up on my phone. Ready to see Peter in that Sigma grind set. <laughs> Peter Parker. I was like, "What is Neil talking about?" And that's oh, okay. Wait, that's no, that's after your life, say. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, exactly. Right. I've, got, I've got him pulled up. You want me to do the recap? Yeah, just do the recap. Okay. Oh. Sorry. As I threw my phone down, it's fine. Do the recap. Okay, so. Unfortunately, the cover artist is JRJR with Nick Hollowell, who, as you guys know, is my nemesis as far as coloring goes. Um, 
Books, books written by uh, Zeb Wells, art by Pat Gleason, and colors by Marcio Menez. So the book begins in, uh, well, Craven's doing lewd things with uh, Gabi Mommy, and uh, <laughs> he, he gets the yeah. sin out of her. He gets the sin out of her and into a pointy stick. He, he banged the sin out of her. Let's just be real. Yeah, uh, I know because I mean, that's because that's be, what I'm, that's what Craven does. Craven. I'm Craven, trying to be. I'm trying to be polite. Yeah. For once. So Kafka hasn't gone back to normal though, and she's like, you know, maybe I, maybe I'll go back to normal when uh, this knife goes in Norman's head. Uh, Peter, meanwhile, is going on, I guess you could call it a date with Michelle from from uh, Janice and Randy's wedding to try and figure out how to get them to uh, speak to each other. Uh, they get into an argument when he finds out that Michelle is Tombstone's lawyer. And they both tell each other to screw off, and they will never see each other again. Uh, meanwhile, back at Oscorp, because you demanded it. What? Peter being single. Okay, cool. Anyways, back at uh, Oscorp, Peter Sims for Norman goes. You know, I'm very proud of you, Norman. I'm glad that you're a real father figure that I always wanted. <laughs> Unlike the man who sold his son souls to the devil. We're never yeah. going to talk about that. Poor Harry, man. <laughs> uh, the power goes out, and Peter and Norman go to suit up. Uh, Norman gets into his lab only to find the gold goblin suit crucified on a pile of sticks. As Craven says, um, I'm going to make you whole again, buddy. It's sinning With time. a bunch of candles that I have a lot of questions about. They're candles, dude. No, no, like, like how long did it take him to set those candles and put them in place? Is the question I have? Too many. Um, Peter suits up in the piss goblin suit and finds his way down to Norman's lab, where Craven's about to stab him with spear. And instead, uh, Peter uses the plasma engine to knock him down, and in the in the smoke, gets stabbed by Craven with the spear while taking a shot for Norman instead. Uh, Peter gets imbued with Norman's sins as he tears off his mask and starts maniacally cackling. Uh, the next issue, after a shilling for Hickman's new secret project, uh, the same. <laughs> the next issue, uh, Peter is sitting in his chair, Patrick Bateman style, contemplating how he should have been edgy all along, and decides, uh, "Hey, remember Craven's last hunt? Let's talk about Craven's last hunt. Time to not be friendly anymore." Uh, Norman runs to Peter's house or apartment. And finds the Spider-Man suit in a laundry basket. Uh, meanwhile, Craven's freaking out because he goes, "Oh crap! I don't know what I was thinking. I took a very calculated risk, but man, I'm bad at math." And uh, Peter shows up in the black suit and uh, freaks the hell out. Craven runs smart, and uh, Peter basically manhandles Craven into the sewers, where he gets attacked by a swarm of vermin. Uh, Craven barely manages to make it out alive, uh, but goes unconscious as Peter drags him off into a grave and tosses Craven a gun and says, here's this in case you want to skip to the end. Uh, Giga Chad moment. And Craven <laughs> starts screaming for his life as Peter closes the grave and starts shoveling dirt on top of it. To be continued. I, I yeah. Yeah. Hey, look at that! I, I just sped run the sped run, speed ran the entire two issues. Look at that! Let's go. Well done. The, to be fair, the second issue there's not much that happens. It's, it's, like, it's basically one. It's one big fight scene along with Peter acting edgy. 
Yeah, like like it like to be fair, like there's not much that happens in the second issue. The first issue a lot more character building and yeah, yeah, it was a little more nuanced. Like this chapter felt like it was just you know, um uh I'll be honest, freaking Gleason carried this this stuff, man. Like now this was definitely Gleason's time to shine. Putting putting aside the Craven's Last Hunt comparisons, this was definitely Gleason's uh, show to run. And I'm, I'm going to pull up a couple of pages that I, I feel like are highlights. Uh, let me pop them open right quick. Because well, I feel no, like... No quick tevia. If they're, you're asking where Mary Jane is, you're, you're looking at him. It's Norman. Norman's Mary Jane in this issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's mournfully yeah. looking... He more, he's mournfully looking for Peter in his apartment. Yeah. Well, Mary, look, Mary Jane is off building her, you know, working on, her, you know, perfecting her powers. Upload is taking too long. What the? F Come on, people. Why is Dreamer not working? It's working for me. Do you want me to, which page do you want me to upload? Oh, I, I got, I got, hang on. Maybe. So, like, this page, this was like the final page of, of the first issue. Like, that is bomb. good imagery. God, that's so good. I mean, the freaking the goblin in the the shadowing, like he, oh, I didn't he, notice that until you pointed it out. That's good. It, yeah, yeah, like like it looks awesome. Like that is like like legit good. And then I'll be honest, in terms of artwork with with the drawing of the black suit, um, Gleason, Gleason draws a really good black suit, man. Gleason yeah. is trying his best to do a Mike Zek impression, and I'm here for it. Like, yeah, he he did. Uh, he homages the one cover from ASN. Yeah, yeah. Is it, it, I was about to say it. This is, and this and is there's a uh, and McFarlane right there. Yeah, that's that's like straight up McFarlane. I mean, he's that's the 300 pose basically. <laughs> yeah, like, ugh. and and like the. It really does convey the fear. I think. I think the 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 writing does do a good job. You know, I was talking with a certain other podcaster with with, with the team. No, I was talking with a certain other podcaster on Twitter, oh, okay. who uh, made a proclamation that this is like the best since since Craven's last time. I I don't got to wait a little bit. <laughs> I... <laughs> Uh, and my response to him was, "I want to. I want this story to be finished before I can make a proclamation of such." Real, real, real sure. quick, I just want to point out that you're, you're you're being a contrarian if you say that just by default, because most people consider Craven's Last Hunt to be like the best Spider-Man story ever made. Mm -hmm. So by saying like this is this, I've seen people say this is better than Craven's Last Hunt, and that's just being a contrarian. Yeah, uh, to me, uh, one first of all, I, I think the artwork is on par with what. Uh, Zach did. I think this is a gorgeously drawn issue, both of them. Uh, I think he draws Gabi Mommy the best. Like, um, <laughs> here, so. look what you've done, oh. my son. <laughs> yeah. Look what you've done. Um, but like, like this, like Craven. Look, Craven would bang Kafka. I mean. I was getting like '90s show vibes because that was like they kind of combined Kafka right. So that's the vibe. The '90s show. Forgot about uh, that. It's definitely yeah. that vibe. So like, 
even though I know incontinuity, actually, they're two different people. Um, it still kind of warmed my heart a little bit. I was like, okay, all right, son of Craven banging Kafka, you know, clone of Kafka. It's fine. Two clones banging. I'm all I'm all for banging clones. Um, you know, um, okay, 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 Ben fan. But you know, so like I, you know, I think that that worked. I I, I do like how she um, manipulates him into going and hunting Norman, and then it completely backfiring because. Peter decides that he's going to, you know, simp for, for for Norman. The the relationship, so it's really weird for me to read these current issues while I'm reading, like, the Conway, the end sure. of Norman's life era. <laughs> right. Well, you he's know, to, he's about to kill him. Real quick, uh, Matt Bird, no, the, the what if spider's shadow has nothing to do with these. That's a completely different Elseworlds. Yes. Yeah, that's that's a whole... And, and, and also, Tevye, we've been asking that question of how Crimson's Last Hunt is canon, even though they're not married. Don't ask too many questions about it, because we've been asking that same question since 2007. And, we haven't got an answer in 16 years. We're never going to get it. And, like, people have even asked Demetrius, and Demetrius said, I wrote it, and I still consider it canon, canon. that they were married, during because otherwise the story falls apart. Uh, without him being in that actual committed marriage in that rela- type of relationship. Because uh, that's what drives him to get out of the grave. So it's going to be really interesting to see the the dichotomy between Craven 87 getting out of the, getting out of the grave and uh, you know, uh, how that works. I, I, so my good buddy, J.R. Fettinger has always maintained that if you ask what came first, Norman was Norman evil before the serum or did the serum cause him to become evil? What comes first, the chicken or the egg? I think there's a very big philosophical question that you can raise and sort of debate. Now, granted, the child within things like that kind of solve that particular question i think the uh the, the return of the Re- revenge of the green goblin story goes more into norman's background and how norman you know was psychologically tortured by his dad which is why he treats part of the reason he treats harry the way he does hang on real quick just real quick can we talk about how in the restaurant when peter and michelle are having dinner peter has a straw in his glass but he takes a sip out of the glass <laughs> That's stupidity. <laughs> Why would you do that, Peter? Let me, let me pull it up. Uh, the, the, okay, that's probably my least favorite scene in these two issues. Uh, yeah. For, for a couple of reasons. Number oh, yeah, one, he does drink out of the cup with the straw going to the I did not even know. <laughs> How the hell did you notice that shit? Look at that! He got the straw in there, and then he's just taking us sip on the glass. Like, why need the straw? He even plays with the straw, like a couple panels before. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Gleason! We gotta. <laughs> we loved you. Then yeah. you did this to yeah. us. You betrayed us. Betray. Everybody betray. Everybody betray me. I'm fed up with this world. <laughs> <laughs> that entire okay. That entire scene. So, like, I didn't, I didn't like it. it. The the setup, oh, yeah. I didn't the setup with this scene 
is Peter's, you know, meeting with what's her nuts. Michelle, not Michelle Gonzalez. Not not Michelle Gonzalez. Because again, I I what I was so the point of naming her Michelle? By the way, was this meant to be like a, like a Michelle Jones reference or? I don't know. That's that's my question. I I'm very confused by this because, like, we get we get Gleason, you know, drawing black cat in a towel, which I will never, not com- like I will never. Uh, uh, bap, bap. Go back to horny jail. <laughs> but. Like, you know, you got Felicia calling Peter going, are you going to go on a date with this chick? By the way, I don't, I don't like that Felicia is only using this image, using this comic is to just be in a towel and go, Hey Peter, sorry, I dumped you. By the way, how's that other lawyer you're about to bang? (laughs) It like that to me. It feels very, it feels very reductionist to Felicia's character. It, it, it it feels like she's just there like it doesn't feel like she's a character. She just feels like a like a, a chess piece that was being put in to remind oh, everybody like that she broke piece. up. Oh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> Josh, Josh just called your ass out. That's sad. I, know. The, I was the hoping someone. Call. I was hoping someone would. Uh, oh, there's a touchdown. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, um, turn the TV off. We're talking about comics. This is serious. <laughs> it's life or deathly serious business. Last um, stand of the Detroit Lions. So, you know, just the way, like, I'm sorry, but this whole thing where, you know, I, I did appreciate that Peter was drinking soda while she's drinking wine. Mm. Um, that's, that feels like more of a Pat Gleason detail rather than like a continuity no, note. because Peter doesn't drink. No, I know, but that doesn't feel like something Wells would like put into the script. Like, oh, hey, Pat, draw Peter, draw, draw Peter drinking a soda. You know, and so this whole I have, argument, I have to see the script. <laughs> yeah, the, the, this whole argument between between the two is so disingenuous because it's like, why why are we why are the two of them meeting to try to patch up? Janice and Randy's relationship. I feel I feel like they're not talking to each other. And Peter and Michelle came together and said, "Hey, maybe we should get together and figure out how to get them in a room together." Yeah, but this this could have been a phone call. That's my point. <laughs> um, yeah, but do you want to look at a phone call conversation? That's boring. I know, but but again, like the way I got to say though, Michelle has drip. She doesn't even look the same as she did last issue, though. That's not. No, like, like, but like aesthetically, aesthetically, when you look at her from the last issue. Yeah, she looks something like. She, she looks nothing like she does in this yeah. issue. Um, well, she's still got the short hair and the glasses. It's, it's, it's the Ramita Jr. effect of, hey, here's a generic character. Someone else do something with it. But he didn't even draw her really in that. I don't think he drew her like, like once, was, and then it was uh, who was it? Was it wasn't Zay Carlos? It was someone else. It was the person who drew the bachelorette party. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like Peter like being morally object- objectionable to like someone being a villain's lawyer is weird, considering that one he's dated a super uh, of, of super villain. He's dated Black Cat, like a known criminal, since the beginning of this run. So it, it feels kind of uncharacteristic of him to go like, "Oh, what? You're you're so you're a bad guy's lawyer." I don't think he knows how law works. Well, and the, the, 
again disingenuous like like i could understand a much younger peter parker not understand but this is a guy that's literally been arrested and had and an is, entire trial and also was murder. working for norman and also was working for norman osborne aka yeah. a terrorist <laughs> yeah like <laughs> what like Again, this is just such it's so contrived. And it's again, it's my least favorite scene in the entire issue. I feel um, maybe, I feel like maybe if Peter had like kind of kept his trap shut and like if, if if they kind of dealt with Peter going like, hmm, maybe I hadn't thought about that before instead of him like pitching a fit over it in the middle of a Him throwing a temper tantrum is not it's in character for Wells writing Peter, but it's not in character for Peter. Yeah. And I I just I felt like that that was yeah. And I also well, kind of, well, Tevia being a terrorist is a bit is like a murderer with extra steps. So <laughs> I feel I feel like that that's a bit of reductive. What kind of terrorist are you? A terrifying terrorist. That's normal. I mean, he <laughs> ran Hammer. That's like fifty terrorist organizations wrapped into one. The dude, the dude sold his. Son. He ran World Police. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. The, the whole bit with with Peter and Norman, I I, I don't. Yeah, let's it. talk about that. I want I want to I want to dig into that a little bit more because sure. on on one hand, I like that Peter is like giving Norman this this genuine shot, and I feel like if Peter had had not leaned too hard into like you were a father figure to me, um, that's the real Man. you. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Um, I, I feel like if you hadn't leaned hard into that and had gone more like, you know, we, you've had some stumbles, like referencing the Gold Goblin miniseries where he, you know, snapped Kafka's neck. Right. Or or um, if, if we had seen him doing something a bit more morally objectionable at, at Oscorp, I feel like that would have – and Peter going like, you know, you've had some stumbles, but you're, you're genuinely giving it a try and I'm very impressed – or something like that, not not as like Star trek and in like I'm proud well, of you. I mean, I mean it is in character for Peter to give – give villains a chance right but but like but like peter leaning this hard into that like going like you're you were a father figure you're, you're like no no he wasn't he i, was I can not. tell you this is this is the man who like tried to brainwash him to being his heir well not even that just going back to like the original stanley stuff yeah he actively avoids norman yeah when, when he, the when one, he, did you get to the point? Oh no, yeah, you did. You got to the the drug issues. Yeah, right? like, like he he does offer him a job there, right? But then mm -hmm. he's like, but then he goes goblin, and it's all that's <laughs> over. That's <laughs> like Danny. You make it sound like Danny Phantom going goblin. <laughs> that's what she said. Um, okay. I don't know. Anyway, but no, like, like goblin that, mode. During, during, yeah, during the drug issues, which I I do appreciate the fact that the the scans on Marvel Unlimited do not include the the um, uh, the uh, comic code. Oh, yeah, it does not have the seal. Um, so reading, re, yeah, rereading those issues, which man, Gil Kane, hit or miss for me, by the way. Um, uh, when he's done by Ramita, it's much different. But when he's done, mm, when he's got other people inking him, I'm not as big of a fan. But, uh, you know, he actively is, first of all, he was actively avoiding before the whole buildup of the drug issues. He finally accepts the job during the drug issues. And then Norman goes quackers. 
because they go to a freaking uh, theater and Norman yeah. ends up, you know, one of his hideouts was nearby the theater and he yeah. like, you know, he goes into basically a trance. He's like, I have a key that fits this door. It's going to open. <laughs> and then, you know, then I started hearing the 90s show, um, you know, him yelling Parker. I don't, I don't know why, but you, you remind me of that, like, behind the scenes blooper of Next Generation where Michael Dorn is, has, like, something in his story. It's like, got a yellow tail pizza. It's stuck in there. Yellow tail pizza. Yellow tail pizza. Uh, Michael Dorn, his dulcet tones. I actually watched Ted 2 the other day, speaking of Michael Dorn. I never watched the second one. And uh, him, him... Star Trek to Ted. Well, he, he wears... he he. They end up going to New York Comic Con, and he's he ends up wearing a really shitty cosplay of himself as Worf. So I I, I appreciated the meta joke. But yeah, going, going back to Storm and Norman, I, yes. I, I do feel like if they had leaned harder into Norman like struggling to be a good boy instead of like always being an uwu soft child that Peter has to constantly remind us that no Norman you're a good guy it, it would have yeah. felt a taking bit away that expo- taking away that exposition and taking away that character development to go have having to go read the Norman minis the gold goblin miniseries last year I think is is something that I really get irritated with like the character development ends up happening off panel. Like we're seeing that type of stuff with Liz Allen. It's not even that it's that Norman in this book and Norman in like gold goblin and the red goblin book, which is actually really good by the way, guys go check that out. The red goblin book by Pat Nadell. Um, Norman is a completely different character in those books relative to this book. Cause in this one, he's just like completely, I don't want to say neutered, um, but, but he, he feels a, a lot cleaner in this book for lack of a better term like he, he seems a lot nicer whereas in the gold goblin red goblin books i can genuinely believe like peter having to watch over him because like you know he's a guy who has genuine regrets but he still has that kind of cunning norman osborne attitude bubbling under the surface and you can't ever tell when he's going to snap and revert back to being you know the green goblin but but here i i feel like him being totally sad and dejected over people not believing in him. It, it just feels a lot, it feels totally unearned and it feels very out of place for Norman Osborn as a character. Yeah. By the way, Nick Lowe, I was a little, I, I am, I am super happy for the couple in the letters pages that, you know, announced their engagement and whether or not she's yeah, guys don't, out. don't be mad at them. Don't be mad at Nick Lowe for showcasing their happiness, <laughs> you know, but don't, Here's the thing. This is this is something that I will continue to say. Like what you like, but don't be a dick, okay? Like, can we can we stop doing this, Spider-Man Twitter? Like, this is a public service announcement. I'm gonna uh, timestamp this. Thirty-one minutes in. Can we stop with being a dick to people? Being a dick to Pat Gleason, being a dick to Nick Lowe on, on, on Twitter. I understand Twitter is naturally accessible. I understand that. But can we stop with the constant attacks? Because you're not you're not gonna garner any favors with anybody. You're just making like people like me who I really am ambivalent towards this run. Like there's things I like about it, and there's things I'm like, eh. 
It's not the worst thing ever. And I say that as a Ben Riley fan. Look, he's been, he's the most screwed out of all of us. He's been he's been I, I got, on I got screwed up the bunghole with the biggest, <laughs> the biggest purplest and greenest phallic piece of equipment that you could possibly get hit with, metaphorically speaking, as a Ben Riley fan. It was purple and green, and it sucks. Oh gosh. Um. So, okay. at the same time, don't need to I chill out over that because I know that it's only temporary. It's not it'll temporary. be a, it'll be undone by the next writer. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Zeb Wells like has already said he's going to tackle Ben Riley. It'll probably be after the gang war. It will probably be like the big ending to his arc. Because his run, I mean, we can really kind of say it similarly to to Dan Slott. His run started with Beyond. It did escalate quickly. <laughs> for, for the people that jumped on right as I'm saying that, I'm sorry. Um, Don't apologize. I never do. I know. <laughs> Thanks, Darwin. Uh, don't apologize. I never do. Um, all right. So. That being said, I, I really – the dark – look, I appreciate them bringing Gleason in and him getting to flex his artistic muscles because it is a tour de force. This this artwork is exceptional. Um, I know a lot of people are upset that we're bringing up the, the, the Grim Hunt stuff or the Craven's Last Hunt stuff, right? Dialogue boxes are meant to invoke it, right? This, this, start, this started all the way back during Grim Hunt. And I said, look, can we stop doing this? Like, there is an element of this to me where I'm like, can we stop? Invo-? Like, there are other Craven stories besides KLH that you could get into. Right? I mean, I, I just I just got done reading the that bonkers-ass story of where Gwen and Peter end up with Jonah in the Savage Land and they fight Gog and Craven, like Gog. I was about to say Gog, our boy, our boy Gog, the Church of Gog. Praise be his name. Uh, Wait, no (laughs) shit, that's you. (laughs) What? I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Um, No, they were. Matt Bird or Matt Bird says very interesting question here for you all regarding this run. Do you believe that they will be so involved in their stories that Marvel will overlook Amazing Spider-Man One Thousand? No, there's going to be like a hundred different variant covers for that. <laughs> hundred different yeah. variants for a twenty-dollar comic. Yeah, it's it's going to be a thick boy. It's going to be a thick one. Yeah. Um. I also I also advocate for them bringing back the corner boxes with the Ramita Junior or Senior art. Like bring back, bring those back. Those are great. Um, I mean, right now, okay, we are literally. It is way too soon to be talking about one thousand. Yeah, so we are. We are we're, not, we're not even at nine fifty yet. We're about to be the nine fifty. Now there is a rumor that is unsubstantiated that came from. Uh, I believe it was was it San Diego or was it? What it was Emerald City. So one of these comic cons that Zeb Wells was at. 
Was it the Toronto is, one that Josh was Toronto at? One, Toronto one, the one you yeah. were at. Yeah. Fan ex, yeah, Fan Expo, right? Where is yeah, it? yeah, the Fan Expo in Toronto um, that you met Slot at. That's right. Yeah. So there's this, there's this, there was this, I don't know if it was you that told me this, Josh, that he's like kind of got things mapped out to issue 60. Uh, I didn't that say wasn't, that. That wasn't, that. that wasn't Josh, but I think it was. Some guy was like, some guy said, oh, I know someone there, and he talked to Wells, and Wells said that his last issue is going to be 60, or at least he has plans for 60. Mm-hmm. So we're literally at the halfway point of this run. Um, which means, again, we got two years worth of story. Which, again, with the way that this works, and how the double shipping works, you've got to have at least a plot for the next nine or 10 issues. They've probably got all the plots done for gang war. They probably got every bit of the chess pieces in place for gang war. After that, they're probably working on that right now. So again, um, you know, real, we're, real, we're still- real, real quick on this caveat. No, they're not going to, unless there is a major editorial shakeup, uh, the marriage will not come back with ASM 1000 calling it. I, I, I can see them getting back together, but not married. Yeah. I, I think, I think there's too many moving parts. We're like three or four years out from ASM 1000. That's way yeah. too far in the future to tell whether or not. And if they, together. if they weren't going to let Nick Spencer do it, they're not going to let anybody else do it. Honestly, to be, to, to be frank, we were kind of lucky. We got as far as we did with, yeah. um, Spencer. Yeah. With, with, Spencer's run. I mean, Spencer attempted to try to reconcile it without them getting remarried, and I think that there was a lot of people that were thinking that they're going to bring back the marriage. I was never one of those people. I know Paul was. He talked Hasht- about it hashtag, where's the ring? Um, but no, guys. I, I see them getting back together before, before ASM 1000, but I don't see them um, getting married. Sorry. Just that that's reality and, and for the exact reasons that Neil just mentioned i mean uh, until there's until you know until there's a massive editorial shakeup and infusion of new talent for those are the two big things but also yeah, just I mean, yeah. also just depending on if there is a comics market in three to four years by the time asm 1000 rolls around oh i think there still will be I, there I think, will be it'll be on life support though but but, but <laughs> comics have been on life support since even in the seventies when they, when they threw a 19 year old kid as the writer of amazing Spider-Man and Jerry Conway, they thought, Oh, this shit's not going to last another five years. Look where we are. Now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like I, I, you know, I, I understand what you're saying in terms of it's, now, it's not going to be this. It's not going to be the same industry for like, for, for no, I, I, you know, I, I just read a very interesting article on pop verse where it's very, um, uh, very, very interesting about the page rates and how people get paid for the books that they write and how it has not changed since the late 80s yeah i've heard the page rates now are worse than they were in the 80s yeah especially especially just for inflation and so yeah i mean i mean six well 16 cents of your dollar at least in the u.s can't talk about up there in canada but i can talk about the u.s just you know your dollar costs 16 cents has 16 cents less purchasing power just in the last two years because of inflation. Um, you know, 
that's that's reality. And and so a page rate of three hundred dollars a page, that's not going to get you very far without you having to do other work. Well, Matt, if you want if you want us to perform a hostile takeover, you, you got to give us the means to do so. <laughs> yeah, that means uh, support us over on Patreon.com. That wasn't what I meant! <laughs> knew that was coming. <laughs> chill! Chill! <laughs> um, you know, hey, I, yeah, there might be a t-shirt store coming soon. Ooh, Just I like that. Yeah, buy a t-shirt. Similar to the one that uh, we got, we got our buddy wearing right now. See, see, look at that beautiful T-shirt. Look at that. Pull him up. Pull him up right there. Solo layout. Boom. Look at that beauty. It's like Neil. I told you. I I told the chat my ideas for different colorways for the logo. That that's merchandise right there, baby. We've got we've got the synthwave one, but we need more. I'll I'll send it again. I'll send it again tomorrow. Let me get the Shopify thing established. I, I I think I get a free trial. So let's see how that goes. Um, all right. Oh, I forgot that I, I changed my name. <laughs> I am the okay. head of the... Te- so Tevia asks, do people care about Michelle? Um, no. no. So I'll, I'll be the weird guy here. I can see it working. If if they wanted to put the actual effort in to the, to the character that they were that they are able to, there could be something there. Like having to deal with some... like In, in the same vein as, as Black Cat, but on a civilian level. Where... Mm-hmm. Listen, there's no such thing as a bad character. I, I I still maintain that. I mean, you look at Betty Brandt and the amount of crazy shit that she's done. She's not a bad character. There's just been some really bad writing. So you can you can churn, you can make chicken salad out of chicken crap all you want. Um, that's a phrase from. I made that comment on, on make my mayday where, you know, they made chicken salad out of chicken crap with the, uh, death of Peter. You just got to get the right writer and you got to get, it's got to, you got to build upon the craft. If you're doing approaching comics as a craft and you're approaching these characters as, as, as real beings, then you've got to somebody like Neil said, you got to have somebody come in and flesh her out. Give it, give us, give us some depth to her. And I think that she's look. I think that they're trying to do that. She's going to play a role in gang war. It's it's painfully obvious. What war? What, I feel what, I feel like wasting what was it four or five pages on Michelle would be counterintuitive. And I'll get I'll give Zeb Wells this. He's very purposeful with his with his page with it with his pacing on pages. Yes. And and look, I feel like that at times this is decompressed. I mean, we kind of talked about it with the second the second issue. It's very much a fight scene uh, where it just kind of felt like that Wells gave the plot and said, "Hey, uh, Pat, go crazy, um, go go." Now do some I will say this: the cover for next issue is effing gorgeous. Which one, the Ramita one or the Gleason cover? The the Ramita one. The, the, the cracked uh, the cracked Spidey with goblin the goblin face. face. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. It's good. It's some good stuff. Put that in my veins. Um, <laughs> how much time? Oh, 12, 12, 16 left. Okay. All right. So, um, man, I mean, there's really not a lot to say about these issues. That's that's the problem. There's just I, not I, a I, the, the problem is we don't have Paul here to 
provided. Well, Paul is busy watching the game with his brother, and I, that's okay. It's football season. That's how that's going to go. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not saying that to like, no, to I, dunk I, on Paul. I'm just saying that like Paul is like, usually here to provide some contrast on our opinions, and he's not here. He talks a lot. So, so Josh, kind of give me your what? thoughts. <laughs> we'll go through. Give me your I thoughts. I kind of noticed like the the Peter and Norman relationship reminded me a lot of the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, oh God! Just like uh, <laughs> that that Peter part. Well, it's true because he's, like, he's always. Sorry. I muted him. Go ahead, go ahead, Josh. <laughs> he's really much like constantly in defense of Norman Osborn. Like that relationship is like I've always seen you as a father figure, all that stuff. That's not really in the comment. That's more from like being pulled from other media and that. Uh, so it was a little weird just to see how like strong that, you know, he thinks of Norman as this father figure for him or that's eh, not really ever. Happened. I've always felt like that, that thing to me, if you read it more as wishful thinking, I think it makes a little more sense. I don't, I don't, I don't know how you can interpret it that way though. Like the, the problem is that like throughout the entire run, Peter's been acting like this. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, I get where you're coming from, and I'm not sure it's entirely wrong, but I feel like you it's, don't feel it's, like a, it's, a, it's an interpret it's an interpretation that requires a lot of stretching to get to that conclusion. Yeah. Continue on with Josh. What else you got? Uh, that and just like yeah, it's this is clearly like we're calling back to Craven's last hunt again because that's the only Craven story anyone ever talks about and like it was just like it was like reading it just felt like I was like mentally going through a checklist going like okay they're probably gonna add vermin oh there's vermin yeah okay we're going through there I did appreciate the shuffle I I did appreciate that they brought back the the thousands of vermin from the Spencer run like at least we're getting some consistency I'd been yeah I I feel like I'd have been in probably much matter if if that had been like just one vermin I'd be like yeah that's the fucking vermin you know, um, so at least I got to give editorial some thumbs up. And I do like the fact that they mentioned it's not me, it's my father. You know, the fact that this is not the same Craven. Yeah, and Peter's like close enough. <laughs> I did, a, Gubby, lot of Peter's, Gubby, a lot of Peter's lines went kind of hard in this issue. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Gabby the- Peter is like, gives zero fucks. Like yeah, that's, where, that's where just, Peter just tosses a gun and says, "You should kill yourself now." That line actually went really hard, and I'm and I'll give Wells <laughs> this that like he he writes a really good edgy Peter. Yeah. Oh, this was a great like. This would be like I I wouldn't mind Zeb seeing a Zeb Wells write a what if type thing based like spinning off of this like, like yeah. Spider Shadow or yeah like, like, what, like what if what if Peter what if Peter went edgy. What if Peter never gave the sins back to Norman? Uh, I just don't Peter. know how I feel about sins being a transmissible transmissible disease. Yeah, like, that's yeah. Uh, Not to mention how they got that to be a transmissible sin, disease. Sin, <laughs> sinfully transmitted disease. <laughs> it's an STD. Uh, we've now established it is a different type of STD. I, oh boy! I think Peter should do should sinful be Twitch streaming. He, I, I think. Peter should be a Twitch streamer, like low tier God. You should kill yourself now. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that. That's pretty much it. Like there were not much 
happens progression wise for the story and the the, the we are definitely in the there? in between parts of yeah this it's really hard for us to judge this i feel like as a story because it's we are just smack ass dab in the middle of it exactly and i yeah. and i will and i will say that i do kind of appreciate on a character level peter doing exactly to craven what craven did to him back in last hunt yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's kind of it's one of those eye for an eye things, and I and I it's know a, that people are complaining about it ruining or like the insulting last hunt. Would do. It's a bizarro That's last true. hunt, basically. Yeah, but, but, like the, the idea is that Peter's kind of a petty little. No, yeah, but, he's like payback time. Let's do this. <laughs> well, but also, I, I, again, <laughs> time to bust out the black suit, baby. <laughs> That's kind of my thing with it, though. That is, like Norman would be this petty. The Green Goblin he, would be. He, he gave he gave yeah. Otto's girlfriend AIDS just to fuck with them. God damn! <laughs> like, you know, this is this is the type of story where, like, we got to also understand this is not Peter acting in, as Peter Parker. This is Peter Parker being warped and twisted. What if Peter Parker was raised by Norman Osborn, and, and that's what this story? Also, is. also real quick, yeah, Tevye, they do point that out that that he's not the real Craven. Peter goes, "I don't care. Time to be petty." <laughs> Get in the hole. He literally says, "I'm." This was that was my father. Close enough. Yeah. Throws him in the grave. <laughs> like the thing is, though, is I got it. I mean, yes, it's not the real one. It's a clone, but. For all for like story purposes, that was the out Spencer I, I, gave Marvel editorial. Yeah, exactly. And I yeah. feel like, and I I hesitate to be like, oh, this isn't the real Craven because I feel like if we do that enough, they're gonna bring back the real one. <laughs> yeah, to me, I, look, this was this was again. We're, we're sorry for for the for the BS that was Grim Hunt and and the, you know, at least Hunt. at least trying to put the genie back in the bottle. As, yeah. Aside aside from being. Um, just an apology for Grim Hunt. Uh, Hunted was essentially Spencer saying, "Okay, editorial, I'm going to put the real Craven back in the box, back right. back in the ground. But here's this, who's essentially the same Craven that you can play with if you want to use Craven. A Craven that I might add is at his physical peak. Yeah, which yeah. makes it an interesting dynamic that you could play with. Like the Craven that we meet." is not necessarily at his physical peak. He's in his 40s. You know, this is a Craven the Hunter that's like 25, that is contemporary age-wise of Peter Parker and has all the knowledge of the of the older Craven, right? So like- But I, I, I do like the, I, I, I do like though that Peter, when he's not holding back, he just tears into Craven. Like he even goes, I can't believe I was ever scared of you. Because you know, yeah. up until last hunt, Craven was kind of not necessarily a joke villain, but he but he had a, he was kind of a I want to say C lister where he he was yeah. definitely B list. I mean, I mean, I think there was a respect there, and, and granted, I'll get into that more as I get in my reading. But like at least in the early appearances, like there was a healthy respect there, um, because Craven's confidence was like off the freaking charts. I'm uh, talking. I'm talking more about like um, how the, how that he's perceived. Like, look at Shocker. How he's typically like uh, up until Superior Foes, he was taken relatively mm -hmm. seriously, like an unscheduled stop. He was yeah. seen as a relatively powerful villain. But ever since then, he's kind of been degraded into being like the punching bag for every uh, like new well, issue. I blame that. That's the Bendisization of and the ultimization. Yeah, of and that's ultimate Spider-Man. I mean, because like Bendis really used to give Shocker shit. Um. Mm -hmm. In the ultimate comic. Now, Spencer did the same, but he ultimately had Shocker come out on top, which is why Superior Foes was so satisfying. 
yeah, yeah. It, it's it's Herman still everybody still acted I mean probably the biggest changes were to Fred Boom, frankly. Was, boom Boomerang was kind of the character who went through the most change yeah like like there was a lot of growth that went through with 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 Fred but growth. You get to the <laughs> but you get to the end with it and you're like oh okay well, so, the joke was the joke was that he didn't learn anything from it. That's that's no. why he that's why he was recounting yeah. to Spider Man. Oh, <laughs> I did all these crimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it. But what, what it, you bring up a great point. This is Peter Parker, where he, he, Peter Parker's always been holding back, and like the best writers always make a make it a point to bring that up. Like if he ever just went fucking off. I was about to add to that that like we've kind of we've we've done this story beat before with like uh, Superior where Peter where Spock just clean punches Scorpion's jaw off yeah and Otto and Otto's like oh my god I can't believe he's been holding back all this time but I think it's I think it's different coming from like Peter just saying it I I can't believe I was ever scared of you like we're like a complete unchecked ego just going like I don't know why like you ever pose a threat to me. It, it hits different coming from the person who is who's been holding back. Agreed. Agreed. Adam, your, thought, your further more for further thoughts. Well, let's see. Well, the art is very nice. I think we all agree about that. I particularly <laughs> liked the homages to the ASM two ninety four and ASM three hundred cover that Gleason did in issue thirty three. Thought that was cool. Fits the black suit thing and the whole Craven's Last Hunt thing. Um. Uh, right. There was, I mean, writing wise, it's, it's okay. It's fine. I guess, you know, like Zach, I feel like they got to move on from not just like, Oh, a Craven story that references last hunt, but I mean, I guess it just, it does reference last, just the fact the black suit, like he's always in the black suit now when he fights Craven and yeah. it's like, we got, I think we have to do something else there. Um, also, Tevia asked earlier, when did Peter get the cloth black suit again? He always had it. I don't yeah, think just, they've, they've ever shown him like destroying it. Yeah, um, he said in the beginning of 33, he just says that he keeps it. He's like, I don't know why I keep it or something. What does he say? That was a weird, the opening was kind of, I don't know if I liked how the opening was written. It's kind of like the, the, the scene with Michelle in 32. I wasn't, a, I mean, I thought, I thought it was okay. The scene with Michelle in 32, I thought it was okay until Peter was like, uh, throwing his um, about. He said, well, he, let me, let me find the quote again because I just, I didn't, I didn't like this. I, I feel like the Peter sitting in his, in his Patrick Bateman chair is like one of those scenes that's like overly edgy and like bully McGuire. Yeah. To the point where like in 15 years, that's we'll be fine. making, we'll be making TikTok fan yeah. cams about, uh, it's Peter just, in, his, in his Sigma some chair. Of it, some of it just seemed like it was laid on a little thick, and it just I was like, ah, this is kind of like my head. The blaze um, in my head only in, grows. In thirty hard. in thirty two during the Michelle scene, she's like, oh, like you know, I I you know, I'm his lawyer. I'm Tombstone's lawyer. He's like, uh, he's like, I thought that meant you loved laws, that you were a law lover, and it's like no one's no one talks like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is this is, stupid, this is, this is a criticism dialogue. that I have also of a certain writer about that we are talking about on our other show or on the channel, um, <laughs> where there's not there's a level of a lack of being able to 
to write dialogue for some reason. I think, but the thing is, I think I like Wells's dialogue for the most part a bit more than the other writer who we're talking about on another show, <laughs> which I think generally you know, I, I do. I do think that Wells's dialogue is better than. Yeah, I think I think Slot is eternally trapped in the Silver Age, for better or worse. If he's doing like an untold tale, it works a lot better. But for like modern tellings and new stories, it doesn't work as well. I think Wells is a bit, is a bit more able to adapt. The, the, pro- the problem is with with Slot is you can adapt writing Silver Age likes, you know. I mean, look at the guys that wrote in this like that evolved over time. But when you're cosplaying as as a Silver Age writer, that's 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 the problem. Yeah. Um, Continue. I do, I do think I do think it's interesting having Peter be evil, but you know, because it's not done. I feel like it's not really done to, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's not really done to this extent where it's like a, a full arc. It does but... feel a bit more like it's meant to facilitate Peter's character moments rather than like a genuine desire to see like what if Peter went evil. Right. That's that's my major con with edgy Peter. I think it's just funny watching him be edgy, yeah. but on a, on a more serious it's, level, it's it does better more like, a, like a plot moving the characters thing rather than. Yeah, it's better. I think it's better throughout the issue when he's hunting Craven than like it was when he's like, "I'm gonna put the black suit on." Because I still have time to be unfriendly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I just thought we're always there. The neighborhood Spider-Man. I'm the unfriendly neighborhood Spider-Man. New <laughs> spinoff coming out in like three months. <laughs> New satellite. The title. not so friendly neighborhood Spider-Man on um, sale I this do... August. I'm kind of tired of the the good guy Norman thing. I think it. I think it would like like everyone's saying. I think it would be more interesting if it, like he's he's having more difficulty like slipping back, and it really mm-hmm. you know it mm-hmm. it it then then there's a question of like. You know, is Peter holding on to it essentially a time bomb? Yeah, what and was there maybe a good guy there this whole time, even though like a lot of the backstory says no? And you know, but I I think it would be interesting to play with that. But this, the whole like, I don't know, the the father, everyone you know is clowning on the father figure line. I think that is like a bit much because I can't really think of any instance where that's the case. The whole time in the history, Mackie (laughs) Burn. Yeah, when he when he literally like you know drugged him and tried to in like gaslit him and no that wasn't Mackie Burns that was Mackie Jenkins which was that was that was yeah, that I mean it's the same it's the same era though like it let the the yeah. burn stuff was like right before you know it, it's it's the same like you know three year stretch or whatever um it's it is and, the same uh, era but I, I I tend to try to separate those two because like it was very clear once Mackie was no longer writing both books he was. Like there was an improvement. <laughs> yeah. And I do think that 33 is a very brisk read. Um, but I kind of, I think the, I think the, uh, I think the bizarro Craven's last hunt thing where it's, you know, Craven is, it's Craven's time. I think that's, uh, it's Craven time. It's Craven time. And he craved all over him. Oh, and I do. The one thing I'll say about 32 is I actually thought Wells did a pretty good job with rising action in that issue because there's the point uh-huh. where when Craven infiltrates Oscorp, it just builds and builds and builds and builds. And it reminds me of like 
it's I wouldn't say it's like I'm on the edge of my seat, like that one beyond issue he did, but it kind of reminds me of that when like there was that one like mid season finale issue of Beyond where it just like it built to this like really Oh where Ben where Ben gets his mind wiped by yeah, you know, it, it like it 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 builds to this, you know, the climax of the issue and then leading into the next thing. It it I just think the fact that it keeps moving, it keeps building and it's just, you know, action and oh what's Craven gonna do and what's Norman gonna do and what's Peter gonna do. I don't know. It's all that, I think look, that, that worked really well. That that so I last give, I, I wanna give Wells credit there because I think he did a good job set you know with that yeah, the lead up to this, I thought. Oh, that image goes I, hard. It's I thought awesome. the build up was was really like to me. That's, like, that's that, like phone screensaver material. I'll yeah. be honest that 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 image made me go, huh? I'm kind of interested to see what happens next issue. Yeah. So I, I want to ask. I want to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Zach. And that's that's not something that I've said very often about this run, where I'm like, huh? I'm kind of interested to see what happens next issue. That that, that got to give it its flowers there. Go ahead. Yeah. So okay. I, I got kind of a question as far as character viability. Um, I've talked about you know Queen Goblin having a good design and everything. Do you think? Yes. Shut up, Zach. Do you think that she has viability outside of like after you know beyond after Wells' run ends? Do you see her coming back or being a viable like rogue as, as staying Gabi Mommy or becoming Ashley Kafka again? Either or. Like a, maybe a Jekyll Hyde situation. I don't know. Some, something that involves her, that involves I, I Queen staying. I, I do want her to go back a little bit closer to factory settings, but I think it'd be it's a very interesting level of storytelling, personally, that you could really mine from. I feel like that I, I feel like a I feel like an ex a, a former therapist having a suicide stare is kind of an intrinsically interesting idea. Like a, like a, like someone who like used to help people, going hey kill yourself and, and 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 or even the dichotomy of she's trying to keep that side of herself repressed while simultaneously trying to help the the people at Ravencroft not succumb to their own you know duality as well. I think that there you could. Now, I don't know, nor do I trust very many writers to be able to do that effectively. But if you if you gave a if you gave it to I, I'll be honest, and I, I hate to say it this way, but if you gave it to like a JMD, I think he could knock it out of the park. Uh, Adam, Josh, what do you think? I think it'll just it'll hinge on the ending of this arc. Maybe I imagine, uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I. I mean, I think there could be some. I mean, there are there's interesting stuff you can do with it, but I don't know. It feels like if she's that tied to, yeah, the Norman if, Sin if, stuff. If, yeah, yeah, she comes back. Yeah, yeah like if she's if she's that tied to that, I don't. And I'm assuming that we're getting Norman's going to get the sins back at some point. So I don't know if that's going to be at the end of this arc or if that's going to be like I, I near the end of Wells's run or whatever. But I do wonder we'll what happens with the sins after this. Like, I mean, you we, would you would think that they either well, I guess we have two options. They either go back to Norman at the end of this arc or they go back to Kafka, and then well, there's going to be like a, another thing. If they go back to Kafka, match. that means that they're just delaying it, delaying the inevitable. Yeah. Right. I could kind of see them using it with Ben 
that bringing Ben back into a whole storyline there with the therapist, Ben being the oh, one dude. that was. There is so much unmined potential between Norman and Ben that you could yeah. do. Oh my God. <laughs> you could do so much. Now he's, just, now he's just a lawyer from a small town. Um, let me let me tell you. Let me let, let me let me understand. Let me make you understand here. The power of Kafka and Osborne and Riley and, and Ben Riley coming together with with that there Norman Osborne. I tell you right now, that's a, that's a, that's some fried chicken level good type of type of eating there. I could see uh, that being a pretty good story of between like Peter trying to be in the middle between Kafka and Ben, I guess. Especially an evil Ben Riley that gives zero Fs. Yeah. Isn't really all there. Who would want revenge against Norman? Like that was the thing that I was like that was so missed during Dark Web when they had that scene. I was like, "That's a great scene!" Like I can't, I can't hate this because like I that's like and they so, did nothing with it. <laughs> that's like a piece. That's like a big juicy rib, and you just like it's a thick hunk of meat, and you you just grab it and you chew it and you. Rip it off with your teeth. I think Zach wants like, barbecue, guys. You chew it and you spit it out. <laughs> it's some good eating, man. Like you could gnaw on that thing for a little bit. Like, ugh. But no. I, I I I wonder because you know when when Craven and Kafka did the nasty on the floor and got the sins out, she didn't she didn't go back to you know being Kafka. And I'm wondering if that's gonna stick. Like you know even even if the sins go back to Norman and he's back to being the Green Goblin again. If Kafka will remain Queen Goblin just by virtue of whatever Beyond Corp did to her, the question becomes: Is it a chicken or the egg scenario? Did the sins cause oh, her to Jesus be Gobby Christ this again? <laughs> well, it, it, did the sins it cause is. her to be Gobby Mommy, or did they turn her into Gobby Mommy and then added the sins and brought that in on top of it? And that's the excuse. That's the question. That's fair. So, uh, Neil, you're, you're, you've kind of been peppering in your thoughts, but you, you have any other overall thoughts? Um, you know, I thought it was a really good first two acts in a four-act structure. Um, I do think that it was a little light on the plot in regards to uh, 33. Mm -hmm. It mainly facilitated a fight scene and, a, and some uh, stuff. Um, I'm kind of figuring, trying to figure out how Wells is going to get Peter back to factory settings by the end of the arc though, because I feel like Peter being edgy and evil should be kind of a more of a long-term storyline. Well, is this right? Is, the question is going to be, I think the residual effects, how is this going to carry over into gang war and how is this going to affect his decision-making in gang war? That's a great, that's a, that's a, you know, that's something you could, that's a character bit that you can, you can mine yourself into. And I'm mainly asking that because, like, we know Peter is in his regular costume by the time Gang War for Strike rolls around. We've got interior. We've got interior art by Joey Vasquez confirming this. Right. Um, I'm just wondering, like, if he's going to be back to normal because he could just put on the black suit just to mess with Craven, but at the same time, he could also be back to normal. So I, I think it is going to. Um, I think I think how this arc ends is going to kind of determine the future going forward for the character, Agreed. at least in the short term. I'm not looking forward to that four-month uh, story arc, though. There's going to be a lot to cover. We'll be doing so. Let us know in the comments because I think we're going to do the uh, side stuff on Patreon. Um, if that's something you guys want, let us know. 
because there's going to be yeah. a lot of tie-ins. And we and we will be doing it. Um, I think we're either going to record it or we're going to live stream it only to patrons. But um, it, it will. We we will be talking about the the gang war stuff in some capacity. I don't know whether or not we're going to be doing it in the uh, at all. Whether or not we're going to be doing it live or uh, just recorded, but it is going to be Patreon exclusive probably, unless we get enough demand to do it on the main show. Yeah, I mean, if you guys want us to do it on the main show, then then uh, we'll, add we'll figure an, something out. We'll figure it. We'll add, like an, add an extra show for those you know three months or whatever. Um, but because right now, the way we got it structured, we'll do the end of this arc on the next review episode. But then between then, we'll have another episode of hopefully slot symposium. So. Let us know in the comments down below. Um, so Radiac's got some comments. Uh, it says, although not not the current run with the plot point in Norman Sins, it's got to be the lamest thing to continue from the Spencer run. In his opinion, it's such a goofy thing that's not properly explained. He talks about Gleason's art being phenomenal, though. It does capture the rare moment that Spider-Man is truly menacing. I just wish there we that, go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just wish that the writing was not trying to amp up a better writer, trying to amp up a better writer and doing a retread of Last Haunt. Uh Tevia says, can we get rid of everything from Spider-Man Beyond? Uh, I actually like Hallow's Eve. I mean, that's been something that I've commented on several times. Uh, I think Hallow's Eve was actually something that was decent that came from Beyond. I think my, I think my camera is... Your autofocus is walking. One thing he did like, though, was... This is Radiac again. Is that as being more positive on this run is really trying to do something with Norman and him being responsible for Peter. I, I do agree. want to point. I do want to That's point why out. I would think that, like, almost logically, maybe it's too. I mean, you would think that Norman would sacrifice himself at the end to get his sins back. Perhaps. I I, I think that, like, if 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 I had done this story arc, what I would have done is I would have had Peter either infected with the sins a lot more early, or I would have had Norman be more directly involved and not like as a side player. I know he's probably going to be in here more, but I think the novelty of Norman Oz. Isaac, um, but the, the novelty of Norman Osborn having to be the good guy and having to get Peter back to normal is at least a genuinely interesting idea, sure. and and I kind of wish Wells would lean into that a bit more, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, it's it's nice. I, there was one part in here I really liked where um, it, it's the panel where Peter is saying. Uh, I can't believe I was ever scared of you. And yeah. uh, uh, like our commerce pointed out here, it really shows that menacing side of Peter where it, like, even if, you know, Sp if Spider-Man's not joking, not talking, it means stuff's going down. Like he's getting serious. And yeah, that that's scary. It, it, it works really well. What, what arc was it? Origin of the Species where Peter's hunting down all the villains involved in Stanley Osborne's uh, theft or kidnapping? Theft. <laughs> I stole I think, the baby. <laughs> I believe, yeah. I, I think that's. I think yeah. that's that. Yeah. Like, like that, like the one where, like, he like breaks Shocker's arms in the water so he can't swim, like stuff Man, like that. I, I love stuff like that, especially when it's on, especially when it's rare because that's when Peter kind of just breaks loose. Yeah. Especially when he's silent. I love silent, edgy Peter. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Yeah, it shows oh, exactly. his true power that he is withholding every time he goes into a fight. Mm -hmm. 
Welcome back, Zach. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. We were, I was dealing with Waylon. We were just talking about, um, we were kind of comparing this to Origin of the Species for a bit. Um, Ooh. Talking. The, 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 bit where, the bit where Peter's like running around beating up all of his villains and like scaring them into turning themselves in so they don't get like the crap kicked out of them by him. God, that was such a badly drawn story too. Um, okay, I kind of liked it. I, I I was not a fan. Like I like his work. I like that artist. The art, the art, the art, the art wasn't good, but I like the idea of like all these villains being so scared of Peter brutalizing them that they turn themselves in to avoid. Yeah, no, I like that life. idea. Yeah, I just that was such a that was such an awkward ending to to that era of Spider. Yeah, the brand new brand new day was that was a weird end. That no, was I'm a not weird agree on that. Yeah, like like that because like that's the last arc before big time, I think, right? And that's such a well, weird. It was such. A I'm not sure how much you heard of it before you left. Um, we were talking about um, norm about the novelty of like Norman Osborn being the hero and having to stop Peter. It is unique. Uh, I am interested to see how he how it's handled in this arc. Um, I I don't disagree with that. I think that there's there's some there's some stuff you can mine from that. Uh, what are you guys' expectations for the arc going forward? Yeah, that's that's a good way to start wrapping up the episode. We'll take some more comments down below. After. And and by the way, we we won't be humoring um, this arc bad. Um, <laughs> well, well, should leave ASM. We're, we we want like substantial discussions. Yeah, I, I, we, we want some, we want some substance. Let's 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 not you know, let's not go caveman on us. Um, we haven't done grades. Uh, Josh, you're great. Uh, for both or just all together? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's blanket them, yeah. Yeah, let's blanket them. Um, all together, uh, B minus. Okay. All right, B minus. So that is Josh's grade, B minus. Adam, you're great. Let's go B. It's all right. Is a B. The art, you know, that art. The art kind of, the art kind of saved me. Neil, you're great. Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I gave 32 an A minus and 33 a B minus. So I'd average it out somewhere about a B. It's funny because, like, I'm going through the old grades and, like, they're almost identical. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let's go. Massive uh, recycling. Like, they, they're, e they're either like B minus B plus, and I'm having to eliminate the Bs or whatever, but, like, because like mine, I, I give this a B plus. Like that, that's uh, my grade. You know, I, I think this is this is a good good story. Um, I think it'll be definitely be influenced by the next two issues. Yeah, uh, you can't judge an arc without half the arc being there. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like I've read the first half of the book. Now what? You know. Now we wait a couple more weeks. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. Okay, Radiax, because I agree with there being more meat in the commentary. Or when I say more meat in the commentary, I mean like we we want to in in the comment section we want to see some like substance on like where where you expect this arc to go, not just Wells bad. Yeah. <laughs> because because we appreciate like gen, we like to be genuine in our criticism and saying saying Wells bad is one in bad faith just because. First of sure, all, it, we like, it goes into like the we I don't want to be a shill. For the current stuff. I, I, there's things I don't like, um, but this is not 
as like we've had far worse stuff. Relentless toxicity isn't isn't conducive to improving the title. No, and, and like there, there, there. Do I think that there is like this stuff? I this is the stuff I have enjoyed with Wells. It's the you know we now that we've gotten like I understand that the the stench of the what was what did Peter do everything related to that there was it, that was not good like that resolution was not good but the stuff here is actually somewhat character driven based off of the, the 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 state of where the toys were when wells picked them up so some like this stuff specifically is picked up directly from the spencer run so that's part of the reason i think i enjoy it a little bit more is because it actually m- means that we're doing something and moving forward with it. and i will say um Having read um, uh, how many issues are we in six past what did Peter do or something around that number? Yeah, um, that ended. Yeah. Oh. What was it? What the Ms. Marvel died? 26. Yeah, 26. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Being honest, if Wells had skipped that first year of stories up and up until the what did Peter do was resolved, and we started with the Doctor Octopus story, I'll be honest. I think that. Wells would have a better reputation going forward. That that mystery box really torpedoed any chance yeah. he had. Yeah. Of running uh, good. That they created an unnecessary contrived story. That you're, we just came off of a big giant ass mystery of who was Kindred, and that left a lot of people cold. Another meta arc did no favors to Wells. And, yeah. Yeah, that that just did not it did not work, and I don't know who else pitched, or if it was just Wells doing the pitch and he got the job by default. I don't know, but I... but but I do think that like if Wells had started with the Doctor Octopus arc, ignoring like the Kamala stuff, because you know you kind of need Kamala's death there to facilitate Peter's I guess arc in in that story, I think Wells would go down as more of a stock Spider-Man writer, just there to fill in the gap while, while a new meta arc writer is being picked. Yeah. Uh, Holy shit. <laughs> he's watching Sorry. football while we're talking no, about Spider-Man. No, no, I, I just saw the score and I just fake saw fan, one. fake fan. <laughs> oh, shut up. Uh, I just saw the score and and for those keeping score at home, the lions are going to win by a point. Um, and be, be <laughs> that will always I really, be. I really hope you upload the audio version like tomorrow. Otherwise, it's going to be so dated in terms of <laughs> Right. Everyone um, will know that the Lions were up one point. <laughs> and that's right. all they'll. And that's all they'll know. Listen, I think this is the first time in opening night, a, a defending Super Bowl champion has lost their uh, opening night game. So. Damn. Yeah. My expectations for this current arc aren't really high, mostly because the only thing I think that will happen will let Peter Parker not regret any of his actions and Norman Osborn going back to Green Goblin, and that's it. Everything else, not so much. Uh, I'm, gonna be, I, 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 I'm trying to think if, if if I'm interpreting that correctly, that Peter Parker won't regret going edgy. Oh, no, no, his guilt, no, his guilt, his guilt will... Again, this all depends. How on could him. I have told him, told a man to kill himself? <laughs> <laughs> well, all, oh okay. no, I'm becoming a Twitch streamer. <laughs> Here's my thing. Here's my thing. As I lean back on this, 
it all depends on how is this going to set up gang war? How is this going to lead with Peter's character into his actions in gang war? And how does that, how is it going to affect his actions with this gang war? Like, we got to see something different. The basic concept of a gang war, because I'm literally reading like the first, you know, you got Hammerhead and you got Doc Ock and they're in participating in their gang war with the Conway Rebel, right? How is this going to be any different than the previous stuff? Yeah. Well, and what's well, also according, interesting according notice, to the okay. cover, according to the cover coming out, Peter busts out the bat. So. <laughs> oh yeah, it's on the it's on the catalog for the it's on the cover for the oh yeah. The the <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like I know uh, She Hulk is in, under Lowe's uh, direction because he's the editor for that book. I'm trying to figure out how he's going to justify dragging her into it. Well, I so think she, she's got a mini series. As my, as my understanding. No, she's got an ongoing now with Sensational. Well, no, I think Another they're going to do a She-Hulk miniseries, as well as like Luke okay. Cage is the mayor, I think, of New York. Uh, she also, uh, she's also a lawyer. Ha! Maybe she can beat. There's going to be shenanigans with Michelle she, and she, yeah. she can beat the she can beat the shit out of Michelle in her office. Oh my god! <laughs> like, um, like you're going to see, you're going to see, you're going to. It's going to be like uh, Law and Order, but like. Michelle is instead of being the ADA, she's the defense counsel and freaking. Okay, so so okay, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at the at the four months worth of content that oh is coming up for Gang War. Jesus what? Wait, there's more. There's no so She-Hulk. Would you believe me? I told you there's no She-Hulk solicit for this. Oh no, God. there's none. There's none. So there's ASM. There's Miles Morales, mm -hmm. uh, Spider Woman, Daredevil. Which is Elektra as Daredevil, right? For reference, and Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. Yeah, because we're going to no bring in Shang Chi just because. It, he's not even there. He's not even on the cup. Oh wait, there he is. And his Shang. <laughs> They're asking if he's friend or foe. Which I don't. Who read the last uh, Shang Chi book? I didn't. No, no offense. No offense. I know. I know. I know. I, I know. It was Jin Wen Yang was writing it. I just didn't. I read the first volume. I forgot to re-up when they relaunched it so that's on me but so hang on okay so let's, let's read the solicit here um uh, wars erupted between the gang lords of new york city causing chaos throughout the big apple yeah we can read these, we can read these solicitations because paul's not here and he's not gonna go no 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 i don't read solicit it's like well <laughs> it's like with that we should start thinking about wrapping it up <laughs> and, then he just, and he just runs away like he, he flees in terror because he doesn't want to read the solicitation. So, so for whatever reason, by the writer. no, but I do. Real, real quick, I, I do oh, think it is wrap wrap up time. Yeah. yeah. So, so for whatever reason, shotgun is listed as one of the major threats to this uh, in this arc. Why? Shotgun because John Ramita's drawing this shit, and that's the <laughs> only reason. And he's the co-creator of Shotgun because he liked it from. And then Amon and then Amon Hydra for some reason are in this gang war. Amon Hydra. Listen. I mean, so the others that's are. Be, isn't that how, because how of Spider Woman? Jessica's existence, trying to find her baby. Yeah. Okay. Why oh, is yeah, Jessica's entire Jessica's entire existence is either Hydra shenanigans or her baby? Why not both? I think that's what's going to end up happening. Is that Hydra has her baby? Uh, let's baby. see. So, uh, are the Thunderbolts not involved? Because last I heard, or last I remember, they, they were. They, 
Luke Cage has a mini, doesn't he? Or he's gonna have, he has a tie-in to this, he, I believe. He does. He does. It's a four-issue miniseries. But like, I, I'm surprised because you know the thunder. The, well, the, the in-universe, the out-of-universe reasons because there's a Thunderbolts book with Bucky and the MCU cast. Uh, the out of re- the out the in universe reason I guess is just I, they they for gore. <laughs> Aren't you guys ready for rec rap? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's in that too. Yay! Rec rap returns. I think he's in he's in the lead in issues because yeah. we did the arc immediately after this one has Peter and rec rap in a gang war first strike. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Again, stuff that we're bringing back from the '90s. I, I'm I'm old enough to remember Onslaught, Impact One, Onslaught, Impact Two, First Strike, and now the Second Strike. Can Can anyone do the Jeff the Jeff Steitzer voice from Halo? Onslaught, Impact One, Onslaught, Impact Two. Impact. I don't know why. I love how like the last the last the last minute of this podcast has been us like. Doing us like bullshitting right game now. Game game announcer voices. <laughs> but wait, Te- there's more. Tevia, why do you hate Rick Rap? He's a good boy. He's a nothing wrong. Uh, Rick Rap is, nothing. is a national treasure. <laughs> Perfect. You didn't hurt nobody. Didn't hurt nobody. He just Tevia, wants to web. He just wants to Tevia, web. You're just negative, Tevia. You need. You need. You need Jesus. You need some positivity in your life. <laughs> you need some Rick Rap in your life. Oh, exactly. So the real, real quick, you're asking, you're asking where you're asking where Kane is. The answer to that question is far away from here, which is a good thing. <laughs> Apparently, Kane is returning at some point during Wells's run. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you don't care, but I do. I want him to be as far away from this book as possible, man. Listen, general, gen, genuinely, I am. I am scared. Okay. <laughs> Anytime, anytime there's a clone being brought around with Zeb Wells, it either means he's going to die, or he's going to turn into a villain. So or he's going to, or, or his entire plotline is going to be degenerating. Or you know, like now, apparently the the deadly neighborhood Spider Man, we're going to bring back Spider Side. Why? Because you demanded it. Uh, Honestly, I just want Kane to find uh, Hummingbird and just run away to like Mexico or something. Just okay. Leave him alone. Bigman, well done. Well done. Haha. Kane is watching this live stream. I hope so. If, if Kane could talk sense to Ben, Kane would just tell Ben to like beat the shit Kane, out of some people. Kane would the... backhand his bitch ass across the room. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't be edgy. That's my thing. Yeah. yeah. He'd be like. Dude, you think you can go hard? I can go harder. Freaking grabs his shank, stabs his with his spikes. I mean, come on, <laughs> bitch! Like, quit being emo. Slap the shit out of out of Ben <laughs> Riley. Like, that's not a yeah. I mean, he he back like now. Do I? Here's the thing. I want Kane to come back, Rob Zombie Kane style, like MC2 Kane, like with the big old long beard and the big ass hair. And then just being like, bam! It just backhands his bitch ass to next week. That'd be great. He bitch slaps the Baja blast out of Ben Riley. <laughs> <laughs> he smacks him in the purple and green, just goes flying. <laughs> it just goes flying. And like, and like Ben is naked. He's like, where's my clothes? <laughs> uh.
Oh, oh I forgot. I he, I've honestly kind of replaced psychoreactive goo in my brain with Baja Blast. That's <laughs> where I'm at. He has Baja Blast powers. <laughs> Baja Blast powers activate. All right. So uh, without uh, final thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, final thoughts. That's good. Adam, your final thoughts. Wash your hands. <laughs> Be careful out there, guys. Smile. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's good advice. Now, Neil, um, don't forget to spay or neuter your pets. Why are you asking what? me? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I was just trying to come up with something profound to say. He's looking, he's looking for an out. Let's just run the outro. Okay, <laughs> I, I actually got a new outro. Hang on. So, all right, everybody. Thank you for watching. All right. I want to thank our patrons before we get out of here. As always, we got to thank those guys and gals that contribute each and every month to what we do here on the channel. We got our sensational tier patrons. We got Adam, Allison, Cindy, Ed, Georgia, Greg, Janelle, Jessica, Jurgen, Catherine, Kale, Kigar, Laura Howard, Master Dramon, Phoenician, Scott McClure, Vanessa, and Vicky. Thank you guys for your support here on the channel. And of course, we have our VIPs, Scott, Sebastian, Vinkman, and Winnipeg Webhead. Thank you guys for your support. If you're looking up on, on the screen, we also have our friendly neighborhoods here. Those are our $1 patrons. They get audio shout-outs at each and every episode. So thank you to them. And, of course, if you want to be on the program, you can always check us out over at Spidey Dude Radio Network on YouTube. If you've not already liked, shared, and subscribed, please do so. If you want to be part of our community, you can always join our Discord as well as our Facebook page, at Spidey Dude Network, our Twitter is at Spidey Dude Radio. Same thing with Instagram and threads at Spidey Dude Network. If you want to have your voice be heard on the show, you can always leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631 or leave us an email at Network at gmail.com. Leave us that five-star review if you're listening to us on the audio edition. Let us know how we're doing. We'll read your feedback on a future episode. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network. <laughs>